Well, morning, church family. Good morning. Um, I think probably most people know me already, which is good. Um, Julie and I are long-standing members of the church, and I think most of you know that my full-time job is teaching prophecy. We run lots of courses through School of Prophecy, and I will have some adverts at the end, strangely enough, so we'll see how that goes. Um, if there's anybody who doesn't know me here um, um, or is new to the church, then just relax as we go through the journey. But as a church family, um, we've been doing a lot of studying about the kingdom of God. Um, and really at this stage with the strength of community and family we have, we're looking to press in to God's supernatural side and actually recognize that we are able to be Jesus and the things that he did to other people. So we had last week um, a session on healing, which I think is a something that's very acceptable and part of church life. Um, and my job being my specialization in prophecy is to encourage you and explain how God wants to release you in prophecy. And that's my journey this morning. So if I could have the first slide, please. So that's my job. I'm also covering words of knowledge, which are similar in a way. Um, my job this morning is to help you understand what prophecy is um, and give you a chance to actually practice it. Um, now, I have been planting spies amongst you for years now, so you don't realize the prophetic strength that this church has. So how many people in this church are willing to admit they can prophesy? There you go. Have a look around. That's, that's over a third, maybe not a half, that's over a third. So we are getting stronger and stronger in this as we go along. If it's completely new to you, that's fine. Um, I don't want you to turn you into a rabid freak overnight, but I'm just going to encourage you to take the next step. So let's go on this journey together. Start my clock. 11.16, they've given me extra time. Oh, I need to start with an apology. Okay, those who know me are really disappointed today, aren't you? Because it's gone the 1st of November and I wear my Christmas jumpers. <laughs> but I couldn't today be in Remembrance Day. But be assured, next Sunday they will be out in their usual style and you can relax. Okay, let's start with some pampermime. Are you ready, church? Are you ready for this? These are your lines. Oh, yes, it is. Good. What isn't? Prophecy is not Old Testament prophecy. It's not crazy guys and women standing up the front, going, thus saith the Lord, and revealing your sin to everybody in the room, so it's really embarrassing. We are now in a new covenant. We're not in an old covenant. We are now in a new covenant. Everything has changed if you wanted in the old covenant to be with God, you couldn't. A priest did that for you. If you wanted to know what God was saying, you couldn't. A prophet or a prophetess would tell you. And if you wanted to rule your life, you couldn't because you had a king. Although I don't think God actually wanted them to have a king, but they did have a king in the end. It's very important to understand if you're new to prophecy, what you think is prophecy, biblical prophecy, isn't. Now, we have a problem, because there's many Christians doing it, but it's wrong, it's not in the Bible. The internet's full of rubbish 
as well as good people. But it's wrong, it's not what's in the Bible. What I'm encouraging you to do, and I'll explain what it is in a little while, is what Jesus did in his own life. And we are now in a new covenant which has two huge fundamental principles, love and forgiveness. And therefore, if it comes from the God who we know and love, it will express that. Now, that doesn't mean, as Julie and I have learned with your teenagers, that sometimes you have to have tough conversations. You do. But they're not regular. And you work up to them. They're not something you want to do. You really feel pushed into it. Generally, as we'll see, there are things that you will find easy. It says in Hebrews 8.13, By calling this covenant new, he made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete is outdated and will disappear. A lot of the fear attached to prophecy is not about biblical prophecy. It's about what's out there, what you've heard and what you've seen. Which is why since, I don't know, 2006, I've been trying to teach people and encourage people on what biblical prophecy is. Because it's different to prophecy on that side. And actually finding good prophecy on the internet isn't easy. Um, one of the clues you know about prophecy not being from God is it creates fear and not faith. Big clue, big clue. Let's move on. He's behind you. Okay, sounds a bit scary. It's, this is Jesus' idea. Jesus is behind this. I'm not selling you something, okay? I'm just a sales rep of the kingdom of God. I'm telling you about prophecy because that's something God wants you to do. God has equipped everybody with the opportunity to be supernatural like him. And really, actually, as a church family, this is the journey we're on together. Um, now, it's going to make some of you feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel uncomfortable. You know, it's great John Wimber said, how do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. Well, he didn't. He was more confident of doing it than I am. Risk is like, can we avoid this? It's a bit like, I got a pain aversion and I got a risk aversion there. But actually, friends, it's not about you. Our world is going down a dark road. And it needs, it's not difficult to say, it needs Jesus more than ever. And he sent you and me to be him. Now we can love them and we can care for them. And the compassion things you've heard on above us earlier in this meeting are wonderful. And they're valuable and please do get involved. But Jesus' whole package was not just loving and sacrificing himself. It was showing them what we sang about in our first song, the power of God. And people need to see that to realize there is a way out of the mess we seem to be in. So this is not my idea. This is Jesus' idea. Bit aggressive. Apologize. I couldn't find a soft one, okay? You see, the way it goes is this is all your fault. Don't blame me. This is all your fault. You got saved, okay? You got born again. And when you get born again... Jesus sends the Holy Spirit and he comes and lives in you. Jesus said, when I leave, I will send another advocate and he will be with you and he will be in you. He is in you. We have this power within us. So you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit within you, so really this is the consequence of what you did. Okay? Great sales technique, isn't it? Not. Okay? 
You're, you're now naturally equipped. This is part of it. Not only that, we are living under the phrase that you and I know. Go into all the world and make disciples of nations and teach them what I've taught you to be. And Jesus isn't sending us out there ill-equipped. He's sending us out there with his supernatural nature. Now, I get it. I get it. This is a bit new for the church. I go to churches where knowing that I prophesy scares people there because they're not used to God being supernatural. I'm not sure, as I have often shared to the places I go to, if Jesus hadn't done his miracles, whether I would have believed in him. Because, I mean, his ultimate power was he rose from the dead. He conquered death. He is supernatural by nature. You know, we're, we're all very comfortable. You can't see God, but you know he's there. And so this really is about the consequence of us getting saved and as a church saying, what does Mark keep saying there's more about? What we're saying is actually God is leading us into recognizing we can be supernatural and it's how we can serve those around us. It's not your power. It's not your gift. It is Jesus' power and it's Jesus' gift that he's given us. It all happens in your mind. I don't know how, how prophecy actually comes. It starts in the Holy Spirit, which is in the Spirit, but at some point it's got to enter my physical body, which is my mind. So you'll find, as you begin to grow in prophecy, and those who are moving in prophecy, some of your thoughts aren't your thoughts. They are the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And so when I am with other people, I'm listening to my thoughts in case the Holy Spirit's given me prompts and ideas about situations. Now, it's slightly complicated here because there are three voices in our mind. One is ours trying to figure out what's going on. One is the very still, small voice of the Holy Spirit, and it is very still and small. Turn the TV up loud and you won't hear him. And there's the shouty, negative voice of the enemy in my mind. Okay, so amongst many of you at the moment, there is a shouty voice going, Mark's mad and he's just trying to get you into trouble. Don't do this. You remember what happened last time. Are you crazy? They'll think you're mad. Okay, there's somebody here who doesn't want us to do this because it's God's call on our lives and it will change things. One who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. I am asking you, to share with other people as God speaks with you what he's telling you about them that will encourage them, strengthen them, and comfort them. That is new covenant prophecy. It's not like old covenant prophecy, which seems to be, woe is Moab. Okay? It's encouragement, strengthening, and comforting. If it isn't, resist it. Okay? It needs to be done in love in this side. It's in your thoughts. More later. Ah, many of us, okay, thank you, somebody just saved me, pictures a thousand words. When I get a prophecy, I don't actually get words or thoughts. Most of the time, I get pictures in my mind. I can see a picture. It's not as clear as the TV, but I get pictures in my mind. I get an image of a waterfall or an image of a car or an image of a plane. So when we do our exercise, you may find yourself like this. God often talks through pictures. And you will, if somebody's prophesied over you, you probably can remember, you know, I see a picture of a house. 
and it's got a really well-tended garden, you know, and there's a lot of fruit there. Um, and then they explain what they feel strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Father is actually saying out of that. Pictures do me give you a, uh, speak more than a thousand words, and they're very helpful because often you can't remember what they said, but you can take the picture away with you. Now, that doesn't mean everybody gives pictures. Um, these days, I'm just sharing my interpretation of them, but pictures are there. You're still with me okay? I haven't got nobody run for the door yet. That's good. So here's the bite. I've stood here before and I've shared with you about prophecy. I'm passionate about it. Um, I don't think I come across as passionate about it as Joe is about Christmas, but I am. It's been, it's been my life. I mean, uh, in many ways, I'm pretty committed to it because God took my job away so that I'd end up doing it. Well, that's pretty severe. So, you know, I'm very committed to this. I've been doing it since 2006. And I've seen people's lives changed. I've seen people set free. I think the most embarrassing thing I found about prophecy is I'll often bring somebody um, a word. And now and again, you think, man, that is just rocking. You're so insecure. And, and then they completely ignore everything you said and what they appreciate is God noticed them. And your words are irrelevant. What they were impacted by was they knew God loved them, but actually he noticed them, and he had something to tell them personally. Um, that's how insecure people are. So, you can be a ship in the harbour if you want to be. And this community and family is safe. If there's one of the lovely things that we honour Nigel and Joe and the other leaders of that is they've made this a safe place for us. But God is sending us out to our work, our schools, our homes, our shops, our playgrounds, where we meet other people. And that's where he wants us. He wants to equip you with the ability, not all the time, but with the ability now and again to be with people and to tell you things for them that he wants to share with them. Okay? Now, the enemy's going to tell you everybody's going to hate you, think you're weird, and ask you to go away. And you do get the odd one. But many people are really quite interested. Um, perhaps years ago it was different, but this world is getting seriously lost. This world is getting seriously frightened. And the gospel is being much more available and listened to by people. So it's time to leave the harbour. It's not you particularly. It's what God is doing to us as a church family. He is saying, it was great to be a home for those who are broken. But the world is heading to such a place now, I need to send you out to be equipped with the gospel and with miracles and signs to follow to encourage people that there is an answer in Jesus because they're realizing there isn't an answer in the world around them. Spot my last slide. I think, that's a, I think that's a Chinese one. You've probably met it before, okay? Now, at this moment, it tends to go pear-shaped on me because you're thinking that I want to turn you into a prophet or prophetess overnight. Um, and we had a, a, a guy come up to my, my mentor, Graham Cook, years ago um, a bit like the rich young ruler in the story, very strong and confident in himself. So how long does it take to be a prophet? And he wasn't ready for the answer, which was 25 years. Okay, so 
Please don't think that you're going to be a prophet or a prophetess overnight. May, may not be. However, it is a gift that's available to us all. It's a gift that's available to us all. I probably wouldn't invite you to come and help me repair my central heating. Because I don't think you're good enough to do that. I'll get a specialist, okay? That's what prophets and prophetesses are. They're specialists. They've been doing it for years. They're experienced. I'm not asking you to do that, okay? All right? Most of us are fairly comfortable adjusting the thermometer in our hall or wherever it is in the garden. And if you're really experienced, you know how to put on the pilot light again if it goes out. But even that's a bit nervy because you haven't been in the garage for ages, okay? So I'm just asking you to just take the first step. Please don't take the first leap. Take the first step, okay? So, in a minute, we're going to break into groups of five people. And we're going to find out if Mark is mad or if the Holy Spirit really is here going to talk. And I'm going to just simply ask you, we're going to put you in groups for a little while and I will explain exactly what we're going to do. But you're going to go quiet, okay? English aren't good at being quiet, heavens And the longer it's quiet, the more uncomfortable we get. But that's how prophecy works. It works in rest. We're going to be quiet. Somebody in the group's going to be volunteer to receive. And the other four people, or however many, are going to just wait and see if the Holy Spirit says something to them. And then they're going to share in a way that's encouraging, strengthening, and comforting. And we're going to practice this and give you a chance to have a go. It's a gift that I believe the Bible says is available to everybody. But that doesn't make you a central heating specialist overnight. And if you've never done it before, this is going to be your first test. I mean, I remember when the first time I spoke in tongues, all I had was one word, which doesn't sound very good because all I could say was one word before I, I learned a language and began to relax and let the gift come through me. I'm just asking you to take the first step. And hey, remember, the good news is, If the Holy Spirit doesn't give you anything, you don't have to say anything. Okay, so I'm not pressurizing you. I'm just saying, please, for Mark's sake, have a go and see what he does. Just to encourage us, I'm going to ask Joanne to come up and share briefly about an experience she had with some ambulance men and ladies, which is just the everyday situation I think I'm talking about. Hi everyone. Yes, um, this I actually love to gossip God um, with permission of people uh, around me, and um, I just rely on the Holy Spirit to open the door. So uh, last week, my mum unfortunately had a, a fall, and the ambulance men were called out, and women, and um, uh, they said, "How's your mum?" And I said, "Well, she's been a bit concussed, but she's we've been looking at photos of India because I've just been on this India trip, and." Um, so they said, well, let's do an MOT on your mum at the hospital. So we, I drove behind them, parked, put six hours in the parking, as you know. Um, it takes ages. And um, they said, meet us outside the door of the A&E. And uh, sure enough, there wasn't a bed for my mum. So she said, come in the ambulance. Anyway, this little hatch opened. And she said, oh, I hear you went to India. Uh, where did you go? And I said, uh, Ranjabundiri, which is on the east coast of India. And I said, no one goes there. I, th- I was kind of setting the scene to see whether she's going to take the bite. She goes, oh, well, what did you do there? If, it, if it's, you know, no one goes there, it's not touristy. And I said, I went on a mission trip. And, I said, and then she said, and what was the mission trip? I said, it was a healing mission trip. 
And then I think, has she got the carrot now? And she said, well, what did you do? What healings did you see? And I said, oh, it was amazing. Blind eyes were open, deaf ears were open, the mute sp spoke. And um, it was just incredible. People who couldn't sit down, who in such pain stood up. She said, wow, that's amazing. I'd love to do something like that. I said, well, have a look on Doctor Encounter Ministries. And there's loads of videos explaining all what happened there. She said, oh, I'll do that on the way. I'm not driving on the next visit. And then I said, and God heals other things too. I said, do you know when you get wounds and you get stuff that's dumped on you? And this is when I tune in. I'm in the Holy Spirit moment as well. And I'm sort of saying, God, give me a word of knowledge. What kind of wounds and spirits might have come on her? So, you know, like when you're wounded and you get shame dumped on you or manipulation and control. She goes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. And then the other guy who's in the ambulance, he said, oh, I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. And I thought, great, God's on board here as well. And um, anyway, the kind of atmosphere was rising with the joy of it all. And he said, oh, no, he said, I've just got a, a message from um, the team to say, can you um, work this next shift? He said, oh, I was going to take my girlfriend out for a birthday meal. And, and he said, oh, but I'm going to do the right thing. And I thought, great, God, sacrificial living. Um, and then I said, oh, God, give him another chance to be out with his girlfriend um, and then finally we the bed was free and we moved mum to the chair well she's so heavy with this dementia she's had it for eight years that we couldn't get her to sit down on the chair and it became because there was so much joy in the the room it was kind of like lifted all the frustration we're saying just mum just sit on the chair just sit on the chair and she's like going like this not knowing what to do um, and then they um the ambulance man said, I used to be a fireman. I'm going to give her a lift on the shoulder in a minute. But anyway, it, it was amazing um, and it's such a joy to be part of God's. Thank you very much. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you, jo Joanne. It's, I wanted to share that. It's an everyday experience. This isn't the sort of supernatural moment of count. Mount Carmel type of thing, although I guess we will have those on occasions. It's more the everyday living where you find yourself, okay? Now, when I'm, when I'm in a cafe or on a plane or on a bus, I'm looking around now because I'm experienced for people I think God might have messages for. All I'm asking you is to be open to the people you meet on a day-to-day -day basis to see if God's going to give you a word of knowledge or a message for them. Um, um, Joe mentioned the word of knowledge there. The, the, the Samaritan woman at the well is a very good example of how a word of knowledge just opens a situation. He's having a normal conversation with her. She's not taking the bite on his grey head and he's throwing fishing lights out to her. If you drink this water, you'll never be thirsty again. And he's fishing away. But it's when he says to her, you're right, this guy isn't your husband. And you've had five before that, which is knowing something you didn't know, but the Holy Spirit told you. That's what a word of knowledge is. Um, and that can really open the situation up that you find. But, so it's being open to that. Don't try and make something up. But I'm saying, church, it's time for us to be open to that, open to prophecy, to words of knowledge, because God wants to supernaturally empower us to help the world that we live in. Okay, so it's that moment where we're going to do this now. We do have plenty of time. I've whipped through that. I hope I wasn't too fast. Um, I will be around at the end, and I've got a couple of more slides that I'd like to show. So I'm going to get. So we're going to have 15 minutes now. 
I imagine moving the chairs is not really a viable option. So what I would like you to do is gather in groups of five. You can turn the chairs around. Okay. God bless the people who have to put them back. Oh, <laughs> so I'd like you to get into circles of five people, ideally, okay? And what I would like you to do is one at a time, wait for it, one at a time, somebody volunteer to be the recipient. Now, if you've worked out this, the recipient hasn't to do anything, so volunteer quickly, okay? You, you get the drift? It's the easy job. Go for the easy job, quick. And the other four people, I'd like you to spend something like a minute, but not much more longer. It either happens or it doesn't, okay? And just open your mind and say, Holy Spirit, share with me something that I encourage them and see if it happens and then share what God gives you. And if you can, and remember, there's a good third of you already moving in prophecy here. If you can, share and unwrap that what that means as a message of strengthening, encouraging and comforting, okay? Groups of five, and then do it one at a time. So, what, we've got 15 minutes. You've probably got three minutes a person, and then I'm going to gather us back together again. So, off you go, please.